We are here with Lori Beckstead from Ryerson University. Uh, hi, Lori. Hi. Lori is uh, a podcast researcher, and I heard a great episode of a podcast that she is developing. What's it called again? Uh, it's called the series name. <laughs> what is it called? It's called the, the series name. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Open Peer Review Podcast. So it's at oprpodcast.ca. Uh, so I was like, it's uh, Lori's Lori's podcast. I was like, oh, this is very interesting. So I, I knew it as attached to you. But it, there was a, a great episode where she was talking about her attempts to develop uh, classification systems or like a genome of the podcast. And uh, it was yeah, a, no big a, deal a, at all, really. You know, as you do, you just decide <laughs> you're going to, you know, map the uh, podcast genome just because you can. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. But you know, it was super interesting because it's something that obviously anybody thinks about if they're doing podcasting, right? Right. You think about the varieties or uh, that are out there, but it's great to hear that someone has taken the time to maybe put a little more elbow grease in and develop, you know. A, rudimentary typology. You've even done a little empirical research on it, have you? Yes, indeed I have. Um, I recruited my students, promising them bonus mm. marks if they'd help me out <laughs> with uh, with rating some podcasts. So yeah, I basically, I, I sort of thought, okay, people want to know what makes a good podcast. If, you, if you're on any sort of producers group on Facebook or listserv, everybody wants to know, you know, what, what is the holy grail of how do I make a great podcast? What constitutes yeah. that? So I started thinking about that and I wondered, are there commonalities amongst popular podcasts, podcasts that are considered good? So I thought, well, why don't, why don't we figure this out? <laughs> And I That's still amazing. laugh at myself thinking, <laughs> I'm just going to figure this out. But anyway, here's my attempt. So I, after having read a lot of literature about podcasting and um, also industry writing about podcasting, I sort of came up with some characteristics that seemed to be the most talked about or cited that are inherent to the medium of podcasting. Uh, oh. And so those include things like, I mean, I'm sure you can guess, intimacy was right up there. Uh, mm. authenticity, mm. storytelling or narrative. Uh, and then I thought I'd, I'd delve into other aspects. You know, a lot of people love comedy podcasts. So I thought, okay, well, mm. let's look at how much humor plays a role in mm. making a podcast popular. Uh, there are lots of celebrity podcasts that lots of people like. I mean, there's, you know, Joe Rogan has been at the top of the charts forever in a day. Um, right. So I wanted to look into, do you need to have some kind of celebrity, for example, whether they're a guest or a host, and how does that affect it? So I came up with a list of about 10 overall characteristics. I also included sound design. You know, is it important for there to be sound design? And I also included production quality. How much does that play right. into it? And I, I wanted to start to look at for example, if you have a celebrity and it's really funny, do people care if there's good sound quality right. or if there's sound design? And, and I right. kind of wanted to compare and contrast across these different characteristics to see if, if one kind of allowed another to shine or, or precluded another and that sort of thing. Um, okay, so don't, had, tell the, don't tell the results, though. Okay, yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. We'll save that for the end. We'll save that for the end. Okay, perfect. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I, I loved about it, and I'm so glad that you're talking to me today. Uh, I really wanted to go through the elements of your typology. One, I got to tell you, I love it. Because when we think about podcasts, we typically think in genres, right? Is mm -hmm. it crime? Is it sports? Is it po whatever? But your, your sort of 
going beneath this skin and asking, you know, across genres, what type of production choices can we make or what type of uh, performance choices can we make or, mm-hmm. or, uh, or content, you know, to yeah. or content choices to enhance the design. And I loved these categories. And uh, first of all, I recommend anybody who's interested take a look uh, at Lori's podcast just to get sort of uh, the basics because it's a very stimulating discussion and we'll put a link to it in the show page. But I wanted to just go through these characteristics and and get a sense of what these concepts mean. Like for example, intimacy. What is that? How how do I create intimacy in a podcast? Yeah. So I'll kind of go to what I remember from the literature that I reviewed about this, um, podcasting is, I mean, audio media in general are thought of as intimate media, um, radio and podcasting have what's been called a high bandwidth for emotion and for story and for people connecting. And so those things kind of are intimate by their nature. I think, um, there are lots of people who talk about, our listening habits with audio media and how we're wearing headphones or even earbuds, which are inserted into our heads. And so, and then when the person on the other end of the microphone is speaking, you know, we're sort of five inches away from that mic. And then you at your end, as the listener, you have the earbud inserted in your ear. And so it's almost as if someone's right up next to you, talking to you And audio, because there are no visuals to worry about, I feel it frees people up to be genuine, to be authentic, uh, to reveal stories that seem very intimate. And we've, you know, if you're a podcast fan, I'm sure you've listened to podcasts that are just like, wow, I can't believe this person is going into such detail about their personal life, right? So it just seems to engender a feeling of, of safety, to be okay. intimate and genuine, I think. So, so wait. So, intimacy is where you feel like the host is opening up to your personal world. Uh, is it? It's is it a re- revelation of like their internal states? Is it like? Is it performed in the voice? You know, having something that's very. What? How do I create intimacy if yeah. I wanted to? I, I mean, it can be that. It can be that idea of revelation, but it also can just be the feeling of there's a, there's a funny visual meme that I've seen, and I'll try to dig it up so you can share it in the show notes. And it just says me listening to a podcast. And it's this kid sitting next to a poster of a bunch of other kids having a fun time together. You know, they're chatting and they've got their arms around each other and they're having a good time. And then there's this one kid in real life sitting next to the poster who looks like he belongs in the poster because he's sort of smiling along and having the same good time as the people in the poster. And I think that that can also be the sense of intimacy, that you actually create these parasocial relationships with the people that you listen to in podcasts. Mm. And so they, you start to think of them as people that you invite into your home while you're working out on the treadmill or you're washing the dishes or even in the shower, right? Mm -hmm. So these audio media can be with us in places that are intimate places. So there's many different levels on which we can kind of consider that idea of intimacy. 
Interesting. So is it, it's like a, an audience reaction more than anything. Do you think, do you find like in your empirical work, we'll, we'll go to it, even though I said we'd reveal later, but <laughs> did you find that everybody was attaching to the same type of podcast, feeling that intimacy or was it unique? Like, is it something where what makes for intimacy with one potential audience member might be completely ineffective with another? Yeah, I think the latter, yeah. honestly, it's a difficult thing to quote unquote measure, uh, which is, you know, certainly yeah. one of the pitfalls of just going, oh, I'm going to figure out the genomic uh, sequence of podcasting. Well, that's all social <laughs> science, really, right? Like everything's exactly. poorly measured. So yes, that's fact yes. life, yeah. the answer okay, is let's... yes and no, or maybe is basically. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> all right, intimacy. All right, give us another one. Give us another uh, podcast characteristic that we sure. can flesh out. So people like to talk about podcasts being uh, niche, you know, that okay. podcasting allowed us to go into niches that a more mass medium like radio, for example, does not allow for because you have mm -hmm. to be a little more mainstream and ensure that you've got bigger audiences. Whereas, um, and also because podcasts cut across geographical boundaries, you mm -hmm. can choose an extremely niche concept to talk about. And maybe there are only six people in your town who are interested, but if there's six people in every town, you know, across right. the continent, then you have a strong audience who are very, very keen. Uh, so we looked at whether podcasts were uh, niche or more general audience, um, more general oh, okay. interest. Um, and that was one of the ideas that I wanted to try to then measure you know, if it's niche, does it need to have a celebrity? I mean, I was assuming not, right, you know, right. um, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, that was. So, so niche, okay, niche is super interesting. That's like, uh, I, I always talk about it as the the ability to micro-target. Mm -hmm. uh, in pod it's the same, same concept. The idea is that a podcast is super cheap to run. And yes. so it's possible that you can have a viable podcast running on a really particular topic and you're interested to see whether or not that's a strength of the medium. Like you, you're, yes. in, you're like, you're like, wow, are people going to podcast because that's the only place where I can find a show on quilting yeah. or I can find a show on, I don't know, highlight or whatever it is. Yeah. Is yeah. that the idea? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's true. I mean, I don't think my research revealed that as a, Oh, Hey, look what I found. I think that was well known that that is one of the, you know, the benefits of podcasts. And it's funny that you say quilting because in my personal life, I, I run a podcast about sewing, sewing garments. Right. So, you know, and that's pretty niche <laughs> and it's got a really strong committed audience because there are lots right. of people who love to sew clothes and we get together and we chat about that and, and uh, sewers can't really get enough of it, really. You know, though, it's, it's more profound than you're giving yourself credit for, though, because think about it, like, look at Spotify's general strategy, right, is they are signing big name, general interest podcast to develop a proprietary type of mm -hmm. catalog. And uh, if let's say you're right, and the micro targeting, uh, the capacity to micro target is, is what's you know, really important to the medium, then it might be that these Joe Rogan signings ultimately are not so important because it's the, the many small uh, shows that, that keep people engaged with the medium. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell it so short. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, I'm not. It's, <laughs> I think it's great. And honestly, these niche, uh, these niche podcasts are actually 
a bit of a golden egg for if you want to monetize them, you know, because you yeah. have a very particular audience interested in a very particular thing, as opposed to having to have a hundred thousand listeners in order to even sell your first ad with a niche podcast, you can have much smaller numbers than that. But like, for example, the, the sewing machine manufacturer knows they're going to reach right. 5,000 sewers and that's right. much more valuable to them than, than 500,000 general listeners. Right. Do you think that's the future of media in general is like the, the hyper niche stuff? Do you think that markets are going to fragment? It's just so appealing to think that you could have a whole media diet that's super tailored to your interests. But I mean, what's your feeling on that? I think, hmm. I mean, I think it's not one or the other. Okay. We're still going to, of course, have the big mainstream. As human creatures, we love to participate in shared experiences. And right. so if I see Joe Rogan at the top of the charts forever, I'm going to want to peek into that at some point, and maybe I'll get in on that bandwagon, right, right. generally speaking. Uh, but also, y you can serve your own own personal interests. So. Cool. Yeah. Although, you Sorry, know, no, no crystal ball predictions on that one. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but you know, it does. It maybe it, it's a very hopeful thing because you know there are people who are asking whether or not podcasting is going to become a closed system that's dominated by a few programs or producers. And if this variety seeking is something that people are looking for, then at the very least, it, you know, maybe the the medium will stay like that. Yeah. I mean, like, can we liken it to closed systems being, uh, you know, having to have a subscription to Netflix and an open system being just browsing YouTube, for example? Yeah. Um, the, and those, those are examples of two different platforms. And I guess podcasting, yeah, it's not a platform, it's a medium. And Spotify is a platform that's attempting to do this sort of more closed down thing. So we'll, we'll always have access to, quote unquote, podcasting. Uh, but yeah, the model is, is quickly evolving, uh, in both directions, I think. So uh, along with everything in between. Awesome. All right. Give us another quality, another quality of podcast. I'm looking at my list so I don't forget which ones I actually, uh, okay. So informativeness was another one. Uh, mm -hmm. lots of scholars and pundits talk about the idea of, feeling edified after you listen to a podcast. Mm. And this is maybe not so much now. Uh, you know, there are some plenty of silly podcasts that don't necessarily make you feel like you're a better person, but you've enjoyed it. It's been entertaining. But I think for a lot of podcast listeners, they're not only entertained, but they feel like they've come away informed. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can go into these deep dives with podcasts you know, like, for example, let's take Malcolm Gladwell's revisionist history, right? It's a deep dive okay. on some concept and he takes you, he makes, he draws out relationships that you didn't really maybe realize existed there. And it's a, a super deep dive. And we don't get that in a lot of other media, you know, certainly commercial mm -hmm. radio never takes deep dives into anything. Um, and so informativeness was another quality I looked at and uh, it comes up a lot in in terms of the ratings of podcasts. Yeah. How do you like, for example, would you is it educational or are true crime podcasts informative 
Like, how do you, what counts as informative versus Well, here's not? how I defined it for the researchers who were rating the podcast. They said, does the podcast contribute to a listener being well-informed or okay. gaining a greater understanding of a topic? So I think that leaves that open to, you know, you could gain a greater understanding of the history of a particular serial killer, I suppose, through right. a true crime podcast. So I think that leaves it fairly open. And the results did show that of the 78 podcasts we measured, um, 41% of them were described as very informative. So this was on a scale mm. of zero to five. So 41% of them were five, 23% of them were four. So really, you know, most of the podcasts were considered quite informative that were on this list that we, that we measured. That's very interesting. You know, I guess that's the. I, I guess maybe is the medium being seen as an information source? Like, uh, do you think that it's treated as such? I mean, it's kind of parceled off from streaming audio. It used to be that radio sort of blended them all. Mm -hmm. You found you found both, but yeah. uh, are people gravitating towards podcasts in part for a love of learning? You think? Or yes, I absolutely do. Yeah think that. And I think a lot of research bears that out. I don't have any to cite off the top of my head, but hmm. um, I mean, and by its very nature at the moment with podcasts, not being able to play music without paying really, you know, sometimes exorbitant fees in copyright clearance um, because it relies on the human voice and the human voice is really good at a few things, which is being entertaining, storytelling, and being informative and being funny, mm -hmm. right? And, you yeah. know, so all of those things, uh, because of the reliance on the human voice, become automatically part of the genetic code, I think, of podcasts. It's also easier to come up with content ideas, I guess, if you just, it's a search and reconveyance of information, as opposed to coming up with like an original drama every time or, right, you know. Yeah. So maybe that's it. Very interesting. All right, give us another one. I'm enjoying this. Oh, good. Okay, let's see. Yeah. Uh, la, 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 la. Okay, so sound design. How much does sound design play a part in the podcast? Uh, yeah. That is incorporating creative sound production to enhance the mood or narrative, using sound effects or music to paint pictures, illustrate ideas, or set a tone. So that's how I defined that. Um, and it was really, and I can give you these charts if you'd like to post them in the show notes, but sure. basically from zero to five, it was really evenly distributed across that in terms of zero being no no sound design used and mm. five being sound design is a big factor. And I think that's as I expected. You know, there are some podcasts that have big production teams and the sound design is off the charts. Like, Radio Lab. Radio for Lab. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's always the, the one we cite when we're yeah. talking about sound design. Um, and then, sure. of course, the the dramas, the audio fiction would mm. generally, you know, in terms of relating the genre of the podcast to these characteristics, sound design obviously comes out as a big factor in the audio fiction mm. podcasts. Do you ever get reports or a sense of overproduction being an issue? I've, I've run into this a few times. There have been media journalists who have come out with podcasts and they're media journalists who are very involved with uh, the, you know, the big part of the sector, the part where, you know, the larger parts of the enterprise where people would be hiring producers and perhaps hypervalorizing it. And I, 
Uh, I, I've heard podcasts where it's just it's just a ton of sound effects for no reason at all. It feels like. Do you ever get that sense of 